Hello, my friends. It is episode 292. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for hanging out with me. Today, we're chatting about the signs of inflammatory conditions and of metabolic breakdown, how to become empowered to make your own choices, especially when you're working with a doctor, when blood work isn't enough, how to test your glucose and how to really understand your insulin, perhaps insulin resistance or pre-diabetes and really get to the nitty gritty of what's happening in your body, how to understand our continuous glucose monitor results, what a CGM does, how it works, why it's being introduced to the general public, how it can be beneficial for non-diabetics and whether or not diabetics can use the CGM in the way that we're using our CGM and really understanding our personal metabolic function and developing a diet that works well for us. Now, our guest today is Josh Clemente. He's kind of a big deal. He's the founder of Levels, is a mechanical engineer and CrossFit level two trainer. At SpaceX, he led a team to develop life support systems that sustained astronauts Bob Benkin and Doug Hurley on their May 2020 trip to the International Space Station aboard Dragon Endeavor the first new crew carrying spacecraft since 1980. Josh has also spent time designing and building Hyperloop technology and leading engineering for a company providing vehicle-based rescue systems for emergency response teams. Josh enjoys the outdoors, functional fitness training, technology, coffee, and restoring motorcycles. Oh my goodness. Uh, Today's episode is a real treat. Now, I've personally been involved with wearing a CGM since about October, 2020. And I'm obsessed. Like uh, if I could wear one all the time and afford to wear one all the time, I a hundred percent would. Now, Josh talks about that too, that he's been wearing, I think he said like he's been wearing a continuous glucose monitor for three years nonstop. And like, wow, what he must've learned about his body in those three years to constantly have this touch point. Now, if you're not familiar with a continuous glucose monitor, basically it's this little device that you stick in your arm. No, it doesn't hurt. No, it's not a needle. It just sticks on the side of your arm with a little filament that goes inside your skin. No, you don't feel it. No, it doesn't hurt. I was so nervous to try it the first time. And every 14 days you swap it out with another monitor. Now, while you're wearing this monitor, the glucose levels of your body are uploaded to your phone so you can check on your glucose. Now, the really interesting thing with Levels, which is the CGM that I use, is they're developing this fantastic app, which summarizes the data that you're getting. Because if you're just scanning your glucose, you're like, I don't know, what should it be? And how should it work? And how quickly should I be recovering from this meal or this workout? Or what should be happening? And so Levels makes it possible for just about anyone to understand what's going on with their glucose levels. And they summarize it so beautifully. You can really understand what foods work for you, which foods don't. If you remember from episode 291, our guest Chris Irvin and I were talking about the foods that we never thought we'd be able to eat on our ketogenic diet, but we are. My big one, like huge ones are beans. Like I can have beans, no problem. I can also have oranges, no problem. These two things were like life-changing for me. So by wearing a CGM, you're totally able to tell which foods you highly react to, which you don't so that you can develop an eating style that works well for you. So if by the end of today's episode, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I want to give it a try. I'm going to include a link in today's show notes where you can skip the line to get your levels. Now, last I checked, I believe that the lineup was about 75,000 people. 
So through my link, you get access to the device right away and you should get it in a couple of weeks, if not sooner. So the link is levels.link slash KDP, but I'll include that link in the show notes if you're unsure. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. Hello, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Leanne, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. So I'd love to just, I already did your intro and I kind of just would love to know like your experience and getting to understand the role of glucose in your body and kind of how you got into all of this, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to go down that rabbit hole. It's, um, it's been about three years now since I, I really completely changed my approach to lifestyle and all of it comes down to this technology, continuous glucose monitoring. And, um, the, the beginning of it was I, I started out working at SpaceX on life support systems development. And I was uh, leading a team that uh, developed pressurized life support systems. So these would be breathing apparatus, um, the mechanisms that keep the cabin of a space vehicle at the right pressure and concentration of oxygen and nitrogen, um, fire suppression s- systems. And uh, during my time on that project, we were really interested in a few edge case scenarios. And one of those scenarios is when people are exposed to, uh, by accident, exposed to high pressure oxygen environments. And I stumbled on this study uh, by Dom Diagostino, who I'm I'm sure you're very familiar with, his work in in the ketogenic spaces, uh, second to none. And this study was basically describing a situation where rodents who were exposed to the same high pressure oxygen environment could live five times longer if they were in a ketogenic state. So if they had ketones circulating in their blood. And that study like literally stopped me in my tracks because I, you know, I'm a CrossFit level two trainer. I have always cared about fitness. I've kind of taken an approach to lifestyle that is if you're uh, able to run fast, jump high, lift heavy weights, you're healthy. I had never thought twice, honestly, about diet and reading a study that said that just a macronutrient change can give these superpowers to, of course, these are rodents, not humans, but the fact that it could happen was a complete like earth shattering moment for me. And so I started thinking, well, you know, I actually don't feel all that great day to day. I I certainly don't feel like I'm in optimal health, even though I, I, given what I I think of myself physically, physical fitness wise, I I should be feeling really good. I wonder if there's some optimization to be had in uh, diet outside of what I'm currently doing. And so this, this really got my wheels turning about what am I doing day to day? And it frustrated me after, you know, digging into the different (laughs) nutrition literature out there that I could not find any cohesive evidence. It it just seemed like everything was uh, hearsay. It was based on surveys. It was epidemiological, which works for virology and immunology, but it doesn't doesn't seem to tell me anything about nutrition. And uh, I became very frustrated. There was no objective data. So uh, I did a little experiment on myself. I got a finger prick blood sugar monitor, uh, started pricking my finger because glucose is the the number one energy hormone for, or sorry, the number one energy molecule for modern humans. And I couldn't really see anything of use. It was just sort of like a cloud of data points. And I was doing this up to 60 times a day at a certain point. And I read a book by Rob Wolf, and he was talking about this new technology, CGM. 
And I thought, wow, continuous measurement. I don't have to prick my finger anymore. I need that. So I, I went to my doctor, I asked for one and he basically said, uh, you don't need that. You're not diabetic. And that was a, another kind of shocking situation for me where I was like, well, yeah, but I still have, you know, sugar in my blood. And, and this is like what my body's driving energy from. And why would I not be able to measure it? This, this doesn't make any sense. You know, it seems like I should, if anything, have access to this and should be giving my doctor access to the information. So that kind of uh, got my wheels turning. I eventually got a CGM and within about two weeks, I had enough data to know that I was either pre-diabetic or borderline pre-diabetic, depending on who you ask. And that was like kind of the third and final straw for me. <laughs> and I, I left what I was working on and just focused 100% on research and understanding metabolism and how someone could display metabolic dysfunction in such different ways. I didn't have a body fat problem. I, uh, I didn't you know, externally show any of the, the classic symptoms or, or uh, you know, correlations with metabolic dysfunction. But what I was experiencing was fatigue, cognitive uh, sort of dysfunction in the in the sense that my memory and my day to day like mood were really this kind of like roller coaster I was riding. I did not feel uh, like I was running the show, so to speak. And all of this kind of came together in a realization that the metabolic health epidemic manifests itself in many different ways. And we, we call these different things, but uh, you know, we call them PCOS, we call them dementia, we call them Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, stroke. All of it comes down to the inflammatory conditions of metabolic breakdown. And once that realization happened and the tool CGM showed me that I could kind of take a front seat in this and uh, use data to make my own lifestyle, I, I realized this is something I want to do. And I just want to work on it. And hopefully other people will be interested as well. Wow. Okay. There are so many things you just said that I find so fascinating. The first, pricking your your fingers 60 times a day. <laughs> a and obsessive. even at that, <laughs> you know, like, but I understand, you know, wearing, wearing a CGM and seeing the power that's on my phone and I can see everything, not even pricking your, your finger 60 times a day will give you the input that you get with a CGM. Would you agree? <laughs> 100% agree. And most of that is just due to the fact that I can't prick my finger when I'm sleeping. I can't prick my finger uh, when I'm at work and I'm, I'm trying to get something done when I'm in a meeting. And so the continuous high resolution nature of, of a CGM is where all the magic is happening. You know, you eat a big meal at, at work and you run into a meeting and you're feeling sluggish and you're, you're uh, upset and kind of irritated. And, and then you come out and prick your finger. Well, no, it looks normal. Nothing's going on here. Then you have a CGM, you see, oh, my blood sugar went through the roof after that meal and then was crashing right in the midst of that meeting. And I was all that irritation and un, unhappiness and cold sweat. Oh, that's a reactive hypoglycemic event. And I was completely missing all of that dynamic information, which you can only get with a real-time data source. Mm, yeah. And the other piece that you said is your doctor saying no, but then you getting the CGM and realizing that you were pre-diabetic and had you not had that conviction, you would have left the doctors and been like, okay, I guess I'm fine. And then waited, I don't know, a year, two years to be diagnosed with diabetes. And that's what just upsets me yeah. so much because there are so many people that could benefit from having these data, this data and getting empowered uh, to make the choices for themselves. What was that like for you? And is that kind of the passion that drives you forward? Yeah, I think, you know, my, my parents kind of raised me to challenge the, the status quo assumptions and, and just think independently about problems that you face and, and kind of, it's, it's not necessarily a distrust for expertise or, or um, authority. It's more so just make sure that you're using your own common sense. And so to me, it felt like, huh, you know, I've been 
looking into this research and it, it seems like the metabolic epidemic is out of control. And yet the data that underlies your own metabolic function is being sort of, there's this walled garden. You have to already have a diagnosis in order to get access to the information that can tell you whether you're heading in the right direction or the wrong direction. It just didn't make any sense to me. And so I, I was just kind of floored by that and thought, this is really backwards. It should be the opposite way around where I don't need a doctor's intervention in my metabolic condition because I'm taking sort of the the first person role there. It's my responsibility to stay healthy. And if if something does go wrong, then then a, a doctor comes in and helps me and, and helps me interpret that data and, and come come up with a therapeutic approach or something like that. So it was it was kind of shocking. It was my first kind of experience in in that sick care mentality that kind of pervades the medical world right now. And um yeah, it was, uh, of course, insult to injury when I found out that I had this underlying condition. And, and that was shocking as well, because I had gotten blood work, you know, numerous times. In fact, at one point, thinking back on the fatigue I was describing, you know, I was, I was going through a very stressful time in my life. I was leading a program that um, was, uh, you know, it was just very high intensity, a lot of stress, poor sleep. Again, I was eating whatever I could, whenever I could. Uh, and the only thing I was doing for my health was working out as often as possible. And I was going through the day and feeling these, these really significant fatigue waves and it would be mental and physical. I would just kind of want to shut down and just crawl under the desk and sleep. And I, at one point I went to the, my doctor and this was you know, about a year prior to getting a CGM. And I said, I think I have a terminal illness. Like the, something goes wrong every single day. And it just, I, I feel like I have no strength in my legs and I just want to sit down and go to sleep. And that, that shouldn't be, that's not normal. And you know, that ran the standard blood tests and nothing came out out of range. It, and that's kind of another problem that we, that we have in society where our ranges are defined as everything below a diagnosis right? It's like, once you cross this imaginary line, okay, now you're sick, but until then you're totally fine. And so, yes, my, my numbers for, in this case, this was HbA1c, which is a, an estimate of average glucose over 90 days and fasting glucose. Uh, those were both in the normal range. But when you look at society, we have 88% of American adults are metabolically unhealthy. Uh, we have diabetes and pre-diabetes pre increasing at increasing rates. You know, 90 million Americans have pre-diabetes and don't, and 90% of them don't know it. So to, to just be in that normal or that average group means that you're averaging in a huge amount of existing metabolic dysfunction. So not, not understanding that um, at the time, I would have, of course, just dismissed you know, any thought of, of a metabolic uh, underlying condition, were it not for reading about CGM, getting personally interested through, through Dom's research, you know, all that sort of side project passion interest that, that kept me going. Um, so it's a, it's a funny thing the way it turned out. <laughs> yeah. All the dots kind of connecting and you kind of following this bread, uh, breadcrumb trail of all these next <laughs> yeah. things that you had to do to, to bring this to market. And so now we are able, and I've been able to wear a CGM, use the Levels app, understand my body. And I'd love to just kind of go through understanding the CGM. So you apply it and then what happens? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the CGM system is, uh, it, it consists of two parts typically. So it'll be the sensor itself, which is a really amazing piece of technology where there's a filament, uh, this little sensing uh, strand that is in the, in the skin. And that is interacting with glucose molecules in, in your interstitial fluid, which is, uh, it's a sort of subcomponent of blood. It's interacting with glucose. It's creating electrical current. That current is being sensed by a little chip in, on the sensor. And then it's sending a wireless 
signal out. And, and you can retrieve that wireless signal either with your phone or with a reader device. And so the beauty of this is that it's a single location. You wear it continuously for 14 days. You don't move it, you don't re remove it. Uh, you can shower, you can swim, you can exercise. And that wireless connection removes any need to, to prick your finger or bleed or use test strips or any of that stuff. So it's a, it's a brilliant piece of hardware. It was developed for the management of diabetes. And of course, in diabetes, the, the insulin glucose uh, relationship has been has broken down. And uh, it's often necessary for people to monitor very closely their, their glucose and inject ex exogenous insulin to control their, their blood sugar levels. Now, that's a specific use case. And it's amazing that, that we got such high quality hardware for the, you know, the management of, of that condition. There's no consumer market for this at the, at the moment. Now, what, what Levels is doing is, is understanding that, okay, for most people, we're not managing an acute blood sugar dysregulation. We don't, we don't have diabetes. However, glucose is the primary energy molecule. And uh, it's important for us to recognize that it's not in and of itself bad. However, when glucose gets sort of dysregulated through hormonal imbalance or through chronic lifestyle decisions, which induce hormonal imbalance, uh, all hell breaks loose, no pun intended. I mean, this, this, the degree, the cascade of metabolic implications of, of bad glucose control is amazing. And so uh, the, the device itself, although impressive and puts out raw data that is that is interesting, the average person doesn't yet know that this matters. And you can't just give them a raw glucose data stream and say, okay, you're at 87 or you're at 118 and expect them to know or care about that. So what Levels is doing is layering on the insights framework. So putting a, a, a user experience on top of that hardware to connect each individual with their data in a more in a more insightful way, if that makes sense. So for example, taking their diet, exercise, sleep, and stress habits and combining them in context with glucose data that's coming out of the sensor in real time and giving scores for, for meals or scores for meals in combination with exercise, giving you an understanding uh, with your day score of how poor sleep affects from day to day your blood sugar regularity. And so it's, um, it, it's kind of the hub for lifestyle and for in context with real-time data. And this is kind of, you know, if you look at uh, another sensor system, like an optical heart rate monitor, optical heart rate monitors have been around for decades. But when you have a, have companies like Whoop and Aura that come to market and suddenly there's this huge uh, sort of rage, uh, this, this frenzy to, to get this data. And what it comes down to is that they've built a user experience that provides context for that data. It's no longer just raw heart rate output. It's now tracking your sleep quality. It's tracking your recovery. It's telling you how much strain you can take on because of the, the, the quality of your sleep last night. And so that's what Levels is doing, but for nutrition and, and you know, not just nutrition, also sleep recovery, uh, stress management and exercise. So uh, I think because we're going below the skin, we're, we're sensing a molecule directly that is an energy molecule. It's a really powerful new technology for holistic, whole person lifestyle management. And so of course we're still in development with the software itself, but that is the key component is, is connecting people, making them care and understand why this data is, is relevant or valuable or important to pay attention to. Keto flu, impossible fasting symptoms that stop you mid-fast, cravings at any hour of the day, or feeling off after a sweaty workout, these are all signs that you're low in electrolytes. Now, when I first started keto, I made all of the mistakes. 
one of the big ones was not supplementing with electrolytes. And still seven years into keto, I often forget just how essential electrolytes are. Honestly, it's easier to forget to take electrolytes because, well, a lot of them don't taste very good or work very well. But here's where Element is different. This is the most delicious, well-balanced electrolyte powder that I've personally tried. Add to water and enjoy any time of day. These electrolytes are salty. They are so salty, just as they should be, quenching your thirst and hitting the spot. And the best part, head to drinklmnt.com slash KDP to receive a free Element sample pack. You only pay $5 for shipping. The sample pack includes eight packets of Element. That's two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two unflavored. Go to drinklmnt.com forward slash KDP from now to the end of January 2021. And if you don't love it, they will refund your $5, no questions asked. Again, that's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com forward slash K-D-P to get your free sample pack from now until the end of 2021. And if you don't love it, they will refund your $5, no questions asked. Enjoy your electrolytes. Once I wore a levels and used your app, I encouraged a couple of my clients to get CGM so we could just play around with it. And um, they ended up getting the prescription from their doctor and we used the freestyle app. And I quickly learned that it is, I mean, as a health professional, I mean, I can dig pretty deep and figure out a bunch of stuff and educate them, but it's nearly impossible for somebody to go through all the data points and sit there. You know, I have post-it notes everywhere, like <laughs> trying to figure out how all of this comes together. Um, your app does all of that. <laughs> and the average person who doesn't have three hours a day to lay on their stomach with post-it notes and figure out what happened in the day. Um, yeah. That's really the difference. And that was one of the questions we got from our last episode on CGM was like, but what's the difference? And, and why does it matter. So I'm happy that you went into more detail about how the app is different from, you know, you just get the CGM from your pharmacy, plug it in, and you're just going to be told a number, but nothing to do with what that means, what to do. Yeah. You're kind of yeah. in the dark still. Exactly. You know, I, the key there, I think, is um, Levels is not a medical device company. We're a behavior change company. And we're a behavior change company enabled by technology that has been developed for the medical uh, industry. But uh, it's, a, it's a fundamentally a different approach. When you start looking at behavior change as a, something that everyone wants, they want to be healthy, but without evidence, without uh, closed feedback loops, people, uh, it, it's, it's too hard to decipher, as you were saying, the difference between an A1C measurement I get this year and an A1C measurement I get next year telling me what I should eat for lunch. You know, I'm going to sit down today and I'm going to eat something for lunch. What am I eating and why? And Levels strives to answer that question as close to the moment that you need to make that decision as possible. And, and, and so that's the, the theory of behavior change that we have, which is that people respond to closed feedback loops. It's too long to wait multiple months for your scale in the bathroom to change, right? I mean, that, that process is not tight enough for people to understand, oh, that meal specifically is something I'm sensitive to and I should avoid or I should adjust portions or mix it in a more balanced fashion. So uh, that I think is the approach we're taking, which is a, a bit of a departure, which is that, you know, you can't just build hardware, put it out there in the world and people will expect people to do the research necessary 
get a PhD essentially level of understanding of uh, human physiology. You know, it's it's important for us to to scale that. You know, take take the uh, the brilliance of people who have done all of this work, people like Ben Bickman and, and Don Diagostino and Molly Maloof and Sarah Gottfried. You know, take all of their combined skill and knowledge and research and turn it into a platform that helps people understand. Okay, again, like I said. What am I going to eat today and why am I going to do that? You know, to, as of now, people make that decision based on how the food tastes or what they read on the internet or what worked for a friend. And uh, we have to bring objective data into the conversation, especially when you think about how personalized all of this really is. You know, it comes down to not just philosophy on diet or one size fits all statements like avoid carbs. It's much more nuanced than that. And individuals have different requirements and they also have different uh, genetic makeup. And so all of that will determine whether or not a specific lifestyle choice will, will or will not work for them. And so what's that process like? Uh, I really want to paint a picture. You you get the CGM, you apply it. It doesn't hurt. I swear. I was so worried. You know, I laid on my stomach. I had my husband do it because I didn't want to pass out. And then I was like, that's it. Okay. Okay. And then I was like, well, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? I guess I'll just eat normal and see what happens. And quickly I learned that I needed to make some changes. Hmm. <laughs> and so what is that process like with that first meal? And like, what are they told? How, how are we making these behavior changes? Right now, Levels is in, in development still. And, and so we are, right now we have the largest data set of non-diabetic blood sugar information combined with nutrition information ever. And that's amazing, but we're still, this is a very nascent field. Like we're the, the concept that people without diabetes would use a CGM is foreign to, to many people in this industry. You know, people who have been studying metabolism for a long time, they, they assume that it would be a massive burden on an individual to do this. And the reality is that people are fascinated by their own bodies and they want to know how to make better choices. And, and frankly, and as you've, I think, experienced, this is such a convenient thing to have. You know, I've, I've been wearing one continuously for almost three years now. And it's, it's not just the fact that it doesn't interfere, interfere in my life, not having it on interferes with my life because I lose that confidence in my choices and the accountability. So, um, you know, we've, we're still in, in learning mode very much so, but what, what we know is that, uh, the best way for people to make changes is first to understand where they are. So we recommend that, that when you first put that sensor on, you take a week and don't make any changes. Just although it's tricky for some people, you know, they see a big blood sugar spike from something they eat every day and they're like, oh, I don't want to do that tomorrow. We recommend just do a full week without making any changes. Uh, go through your day exercising and eating and sleeping the way you normally do. And then in the middle of the month, uh, weeks two and three, we recommend people start to make edge cases, right? And th these are like experimenting with foods maybe you, you don't often eat or eating foods that you consume in a mixed meal on their own and sort of calibrating uh, your body's response to each of them individually and uh, trying different exercise routines, uh, comparing the difference between a smoothie and a whole fruit, uh, just starting to, to explore the, the experimental boundaries so that you can get as much information as possible in that middle of the month about how you specifically respond uh, compared to, you, you know, in these different environments and then also uh, compared to the population. And then in that, in that final week, uh, the goal is to bring it all together and optimize. And so this would be like, take all of the, the little lessons you've learned, all the little micro optimizations and try to put together the best week of metabolic control you can. And this is all, you know, biasing towards uh, better zone scores, better metabolic day scores, which are the two primary metrics we have in the app. 
and uh, and trying to just nail that. And then at the end of the month, you get this this full report, which kind of shows the breakdown, shows you your best scoring meals, your worst scoring meals, uh, shows you your development in terms of uh, improvement in average glucose and improvement of these submetrics like variability, time, and range. And and you can use that to to kind of go forth and continue you you know following these these same daily protocols. Now, a lot of people that 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 by the way is is the definition for the twenty eight day program, which are our primary product right now. Now. You know, good number of people don't. Once they get through that first month, they just don't want to lose the data source. It's like it's like getting rid of your phone. You know, after you've had it for a while, like why would I do that? Uh, this is too valuable. So many people just continue using this ongoing, and and that's me. You know, it's uh, it's I wear two things full time. One is my CGM, and the other is my Whoop band. And the Whoop band I, I use because it gives me such great data on my sleep quality and. Uh, and although I can divine that out from CGM data, like uh, my blood sugar will be very high when I have a poor night of sleep. It's still just a combination of those two metrics keeps me accountable. And so, um, you know, we're, we're always learning from these longer data sets. People have been in the program for a long period of time. They'll have this really amazing first month where they rapidly iterate and they improve their, their behaviors. And then uh, in the following months, they just maintain. And it's, it's a really beautiful representation of what we were talking about in terms of behavior change, where once you have the closed loop feedback, it becomes easy. You, you know what to do. Yeah, I think the accountability was really big for me. You know, I only wore it for 28 days and I agree with you. That last day I was like really sad that it was over and wanted <laughs> to wear it for forever because it was true. Even when I was at a restaurant with friends, we went um, mini golfing and then we went to a pizza place and normally I'd be like, yeah, like I'll just have a small gluten-free pizza. And then I was kind of thinking like... Do I want to see that on the app? I sure don't. I'm going to go with chicken wings and a salad instead, you know? So yeah. um, just to have that accountability and that, that those data points, I, I made better choices than I would have made, like far better, even not even looking at behavioral changes or anything, but just the accountability of wearing it. I just made better choices overall because I knew I could see... I would see what I ate on my phone moments later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a really, it's funny. We, it, the first moment that your body speaks back to you is, is really interesting for many people. Um, I, I remember that vividly, like just having, I had been pricking my finger and it felt like a very manual mechanical process. And then when this sort of wireless connection came through and, and I put the CGM on and I eat my first meal and I scanned and I just, it was like a cyborg moment, but in such a, in such a non weird biohackery way, it was like, I, I can finally communicate back and forth with my own body. I can, I'm, I'm picking up the signal now and I can, it's all becoming very clear to me uh, in, in real time. And now I have like kind of an intuition, like I, I probably could get away without wearing a CGM for a while and estimate my blood sugar within about 5% on average. Like I, I like to do this with myself, just kind of guess at where I am based on how I feel, flushing in my face, tingling in my hands, very minor sensations that I otherwise would not have known, but now I understand are correlated with my blood sugar control. But, but again, like you're saying, that accountability component is so important because people don't want to make unhealthy decisions, you know, the, especially when the understanding of, uh, you know, the connections between blood sugar management and long-term chronic illness are so obvious that once you make that connection and then give people that data, you stop following those one size fits all heuristics like glycemic index. You know, I've, I've tested against the glycemic index and I can tell you that it may be useful on a society level. It may be interesting uh, to sort of average everyone together, but at an individual level, it's essentially useless. You know, I, I, my diet when I was 
before using CGM, when I was training, you know, for CrossFit and just trying to stay fit, I followed the glycemic index. I was eating sweet potatoes and brown rice and uh, kind of avoiding the high glycemic foods. Um, I would start every day with a bran flake and banana smoothie with protein powder and the, the foods that I ate that I thought were optimized whole food ideal meals were the worst ones for me. They, they, it was consistently the worst blood sugar response. And, and I would, you know, at the time, like I, I mentioned, I was in that pre-diabetic zone. My blood sugar would exceed 160, 180, and it would stay up there for some time after every single meal. And then it would come crashing back down. And that, that roller coaster, that uh, the sort of the crash is, is what I would feel as that shaky, you know, fatigue, irritation, cold sweat, all of these like uncomfortable symptoms. And, um, you know, I would never, because I was following this, this dietary program that I had developed, you know, listening to CrossFit conversations and was eating just plates of brown rice rather than white rice. You know, I'm thinking it can't be mine. It's not my meal because I'm doing everything right. And I think this is happening at such a large scale and people just, they don't know to even suspect that they're doing something wrong. And, um, you know, that first moment when you have that bowl of heart healthy oatmeal in the morning and your blood sugar skyrockets, I think it all kind of comes together for people. Yeah. That moment for me was, um, so on my ketogenic diet, I cycle carbs and I've always cycled with sweet potatoes. That's kind of my go-to. And so I'm on day three of wearing my CGM and I eat the sweet potato and then my glucose spikes so high, stays elevated. I crash. I'm hungry again. And I'm like, whoa, I need to rethink everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was a big moment. Right. Yeah. We, we call those magic moments because they, they happen both in the, um, it's interesting. They, they happen in the positive and negative direction for people. So when you're using this, a lot of people, or, or even when you're considering using levels, a lot of people ask, you know, I mean, do I really want to just be told I can't do everything that I want to do? You know, at the end of the day, I just want to live my life and be healthy. And that's something that we really are, are striving to explain that this, this program does not strictly discipline us, right? I, I learned through this that I have <laughs> my expectations around carbohydrate sensitivities were way off and uh, I can eat blueberries all morning and I can have, I can eat cheesecake and I can have ice cream and I can like all of these sort of indulgent foods that I would have completely avoided are actually, you know, in some cases, either I just have uh, very little sensitivity to them or they're, you know, quite balanced in terms of macronutrient content and ice cream, for example, which has protein and fat and, and sugar and tends to be a, a very smooth and controlled uh, response. And I can stay, you know, if I am in a ketogenic state, which I oftentimes like to cycle into, uh, I can stay in ketosis and eat ice cream. And it's, it's pretty amazing to realize that and become sort of familiar with the ways that I can indulge without breaking my own goals. And, and I think that's the most interesting thing is that these magic moments, they happen in both directions. You know, when you, when you eat a pizza and your blood sugar goes through the roof and then you eat a pizza and take a walk and see that your body completely changes its response because your legs are consuming that glucose in real time and assisting, you know, they're, they're given the assist to, to the insulin system and making sure that you're not, you know, blowing through the roof and then crashing back down like you would if you were sitting on the couch. That gives you a sense of confidence and empowerment because next time you want to go indulge with your friends, just walk to the restaurant if you can, or park far away and walk there and walk back or take a, a few uh, rounds around the block. And you can, you can assist your body and help make sure that you don't do as much damage as you otherwise would. And, and so I, I think that that's really the most powerful thing is understanding that uh, this is not just happening without, you know, your ability to, to control it. You know, you have four big levers, diet, exercise, sleep, and stress, and you can choose to kind of indulge on one and make up for it with the others if you can.
I used to live very, 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 very far away from the ocean. And in the 90s and early 2000s, there were really no great options on getting fresh seafood delivered to your door. So I just never ate it. But thankfully, in the year 2021, there is. We all know the health benefits of seafood. Rich in omega-3, selenium, vitamin D, you know, the nutrients that keep your thyroid and metabolism revved up and your skin looking glowy and healthy. But a lot of us steer clear of seafood because of accessibility, cost, and taste. Now, some of that store-bought stuff has a real rank taste and smell to it. Am I right? Blah. Not Wild Alaskan Seafood Box. Now, this is a seafood delivery service that takes wild caught to a whole new level. The seafood in their subscription program is wild caught from Alaska via small boat fishermen working directly with friends and families to deliver the freshest, most authentic seafood right to your home. From the local small mom and pop processor in Petersburg, Alaska to you. Go to Wild Alaskan Seafood Box. Com slash KDP and reserve your subscription box. The coolest part, you get to choose how often it's delivered, once a month, once every other month, or every three months. Plus, get a half-pound bag of scallops added to each and every single one of your orders for the lifetime of your membership with the code KDP. So you go to wildalaskanseafoodbox.com slash KDP and use the code KDP to grab your subscription box plus your half pound bag of scallops added to every single order that you receive for the lifetime of your membership. Yes, I'm very happy that you mentioned that because I did find a lot of foods that I can personally handle that I've avoided. Like we're talking like six years, like medjool dates with almond butter. Total win for me. I had not had a medjool date in years. And to be able to have that as a snack and I stay completely level at a 10, it is like I didn't eat anything. Another one was beans. Like I Mm. used to love bean salad and being able to have beans again every once in a while and see that level off. Like that was amazing. Oranges. I don't react to oranges. That's amazing. How great is that? (laughs) Oranges, but apples? No. Right. And so, you know, just being able to to understand that and even from a hormonal perspective, oranges and progesterone, they're like best friends. And so when I get up to like my 23rd, 24th, 25th day of my cycle and I'm craving an orange, now I can have that orange and help with my cycle. Mm. And it's just, it's all good things, right? So I'm glad that you touched on also the foods that we are now open to by having a CGM. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. (laughs) Yeah. It's um, for me, one of the big surprises was, well, I think this is kind of pervasive in sports science is people hear what elite athletes do and they think that they should just project that onto them. And and I am (laughs) case number one. So uh, like I said, I was working crazy stressful hours, uh, 20 hours at the the office sometimes uh, continuously just sneaking naps in here and there. And I would make time to go to the gym and get an hour workout in. Now, in order to do that, I would think that, okay, I have to replenish my glycogen and I have to carb load prior to my workout and I have to be ready to really go all out. And, you know, this is CrossFit, which pretty high intensity. And so I would have this big smoothie and it would be all, you know, good things. I'd put spinach in there and feel good about it and add the bran flakes and banana and all that. And, uh, and then I'd go hit my workout. And when, once I got a CGM on, I found that not only is that smoothie like 
arguably the worst thing I've ever eaten while having a CGM on. But secondly, when I don't have the smoothie and I just go straight to my workout and I do this high intensity lifting session, uh, my heart rate goes, you know, 95, 99% of my max heart rate. Uh, my body produces stress and or cortisol and adrenaline. And those two hormones indicate to my liver that I'm in, in a fight or flight situation. And my liver starts to crank out glucose for all it's worth. And, and so my blood sugar even without any calories before a workout actually increases. And that is my body's way uh, from an evolutionary perspective of ensuring that I have what it takes. I have the fuel I need to get out of that situation. And so now I, I've realized that I don't need that massive blood sugar and then the crash that accompanies it right as I'm stepping into the gym to, to, to do the first rep. And secondly, my body does what it needs without any calories. And, and so actually I can teach my body to, to tap into the energy sources that are available. In this case, this is kind of a demonstration of metabolic flexibility where that glucose is being produced from protein and fat stores that are in me already. And I, I won't experience any of that hypoglycemic crash. And I'm teaching myself to tap into the energy stores available. And so that was a huge realization for me as well is that uh, this whole carb replenishment or you know, carb load glycogen replenishment concept is like, although it is true for the elite athletes who are draining their, their glycogen day after day, you know, doing four or five, six hour workouts, um, and then trying to go hit a tournament. It's not the case that the average person who's just going into the gym for a one hour session in between desk work needs to be eating a gigantic plate of pasta or, or chugging a smoothie in order to get through a workout. Right. And so, um, I think a lot of that nuance, like bringing the realization that we should be fueling for our lives, our lifestyles, you know, it's again, Gatorade makes sense if you're on a tour de France and, and you're doing a hill climb section. It does not make sense to, to drink Gatorade, you know, while you're doing an ab set next to your desk. It's, it, it's, uh, so, so this sort of like starting to bring awareness to kind of targeted lifestyle, like eat specific to how you live, I, I think is really um, one of the things I'm most excited about because I've learned just so much about it personally. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. So we've talked a lot about all the things we've learned about our bodies. How do you keep track of all these things? Can we talk a little bit about, does the app do that for us? Um, do we have to memorize all these lessons? Like how do we keep track of all this data and information that we're getting about our bodies? Yeah. Um, glad you, glad you touched on that one. So levels is currently focused on what's called the insights framework. And so this is a, it's sort of a, an algorithmic structure for the way the app interprets the data for an individual and then surfaces insights for them and stores insights to be available for them later. And, uh, and so it's kind of behind the scenes, but it's been a, a very big effort on our part to build a, a system that is very modular and scalable so that we can incorporate not just glucose data, but other data sources so that we can start to put together the pieces for the individual. And, and so specifically, you know, I've mentioned diet, exercise, sleep, stress. Those are the four big levers of metabolic control. And right now we have continuous glucose information, which is great. And then we have um, manual logging. So people can log exercise manually and, and note-taking manually about their, uh, you know, their, their sleep and their stress control. 
we are working on integrations and we've rolled out the first one uh, where we can import exercise automatically from uh, Apple Health and Google Fit. And so this is the first step towards us having additional integrations, additional data streams coming in and being interpreted by the same algorithms with glucose. And, um, and so the, the way this is working is we'll be able to sense whether or not a blood sugar elevation is from a meal that you ate or based on activity data maybe it's a CrossFit workout. And so uh, the, the difference there is very important because a blood sugar spike from an, a, you know, an adrenaline load uh, for a high intensity workout is extremely different physiologically from one uh, from sitting down and, and having a smoothie at my desk. And so being able to sense that and then provide the appropriate scoring for that experience, uh, that, that sort of moment is our current fo focus. And then uh, the next thing that we're interested in is bringing in sleep information. And so uh, importing sleep data from Apple Health, Google Fit, specific wearables like Aura, these are very interesting to us. Um, there's there's some amazing technology on thermoregulation from 8Sleep, which is a whole mattress which tracks your, your heart rate variability and blood sugar and controls your body temperature. And so being able to import data from these sorts of ad additional uh, devices is, is really important for us to bring all of that into context and show you how well you sleep when your body temperature is elevated overnight and then how that affects your blood sugar control uh, versus you know how your body responds after you know two consistent days of long long duration aerobic exercise versus a single anaerobic session so all, all of this you know right now we're doing the back end work to interpret those integrations interpret that additional data and then the next stage is surfacing that for the individual so that you can in a very straightforward way click through your history and see not only how these different sort of lifestyle factors affect you, but then how you stack up against the population, which I think is really important to provide context. Um, it's, it's always interesting for people to know, Oh, I, you know, I, I got a nine out of 10 on, on, you know, when I eat a pizza and go for a walk, but it's like, how does that stack up to everyone else? And, uh, and so that's the next thing we're, we're building out is um, not only the insights, but then comparing you to you and you to the population so that you can understand kind of where you fit and, and where there's area for optimization. How exciting is this? Can we just take a moment to like totally crush on all of this science and just the fact that regular people are able to be so incredibly empowered with their health? Like this is, as a holistic nutritionist who learned about nutrition, what are we talking like 13 years ago to kind of see what we're able to do now and what we're able to wear? I just, as you're speaking, I'm just like, this is this is unreal. It's so cool. I'm so happy I, I feel for you guys. So. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to be working on it because just for a long time, uh, when getting into the research, it became just somewhat depressing to look at the numbers and to see not only in every developing country, the rates of metabolic dysfunction increasing at an increasing rate, but also the rates among children uh, of non-alcoholic fatty liver, liver disease and type two diabetes and, uh, and even heart conditions. And, and it's just, it, it's staggering. And it seems so counterintuitive when we have a Society that is increasingly wealthy and increasingly, uh, you know, all the, the metrics of human flourishing are actually increasing, which sometimes doesn't seem that way. But, but if you look at the data, it's, it's the case. And yet, our lifespan in, in the United States has gone down for the last three years. And seven of the top 10 causes of death are related to chronic lifestyle. And so, it can get depressing, but then when you, when a technology like this becomes available and sort of the microelectronics revolution allows us to miniaturize this amazing lab technology and then 
manufacture it at scale, uh, combine it with amazing software, and you can make make each person sort of a, a, a mini N of one sort of optimization study, uh, a case study. And if each person just focuses on themselves, they don't think about how to solve all the world's problems. They just work on themselves and look for optimization. You do that by times many people, you can get social scale change. And I think we, we genuinely, by empowering the individual, we can genuinely change the metabolic outcomes globally. And it's going to be a long road ahead. And there's a, a lot of work to do for sure. We're not, not there yet, but you know, I'm looking forward to that day when people People treat you know their health information more like financial data, where you know you you always have it available. You're looking at your quote unquote deposits and withdrawals. You know you're making a plan for the future and and using expert help as needed to to make sure you hit it. But you know I, I really think that that's the future we're heading towards. And um, I like to use the example of like in that world, you not only have a retirement plan, but you know you're going to be healthy enough to take advantage of it. So that's kind of the in order to get there, we just have to get people um, empowered with their own data. We can't get there by having this walled garden mentality about individual health. Beautifully said, 100%. And I'm really excited for that day also. And where can people find more details from you? And where can they connect with you? So uh, we always love to hear people's um, input on our blog. So we, we publish consistently and we're, we're really trying to produce the, the information that we wish we had when we started this company. You know, everything from, from all ends of the spectrum, from, uh, from athleticism through to weight loss and everything in between, we publish it on the blog. So that's levelshealth.com forward slash blog. And then uh, you can sign up for our waitlist at levelshealth.com. We also, we have a, a Twitter and an Instagram presence and we like to publish customer testimonials and just stories about how we're using it. And those are both at levels. And then, uh, Leanne, I think you have a link, which, you know, right now I mentioned we have, I think about 55,000 people on the wait list and it's increasing constantly. And, um, you know, we're running this, this invitation only beta program. So it's still in development. The product is very much in development, but for those people that want early access and want to help us develop the product, we, we have this beta program. And so we pull people in from the wait list, but we also, you know, working with people like yourself who are just extremely intellectually aligned and your audiences are, are enthusiastic and great. Uh, we like to offer a link. So I think you have levels.link forward slash KDP. And um, yes. awesome. Yeah. So, so that's a, an opportunity to, if you'd like to be a part of the early beta program and, and join us in developing this, um, you can use that link to sign up and, and jump ahead of the wait list. So those are the, the different ways. And of course, I, you know, I'm at, I guess I'm on Instagram at josh.f.clementi. And I always love hearing from people. If you want to just reach out there, uh, definitely ping me and love to, to trade crazy stories about what we're all learning with this stuff. Yeah. And that's really what it is. It's been so cool to see the women that have purchased the levels from last episode and kind of getting to hear their experiences and how excited they are and how empowered they are. And it's just, it makes my heart so happy to see people really making these actions and behavior switches and, and doing it themselves and getting excited. Like you said, like looking at your finances as much as you look at your body, like, of course, a hundred percent, that makes sense. And to see them kind of start to develop these practices, it's just, well, you know, it just makes me so happy. <laughs> I completely agree. You know, I've been, um, it's amazing how quickly, this has gone from uh, you know pie in the sky idea to uh, to a real thing, and I'm very grateful to the amazing team that uh, I'm surrounded by. You know, it's I I've personally profited from this experience. Like I know more about my body now than I 
would ever have known. Honestly, even even had I gone into medicine, I think I, I would still not know as much as I do now due to just the amazing software that that has been developed by our team and uh, the expertise of people like Casey joining and, and just helping us build something that is uh, grounded in objective data and useful to the individual. So I, you know, I, I'm very lucky to be a part of this. And there have been people who have reached out and have used this product. And some people have discovered underlying diabetes that they had no idea was happening and could have gone unmitigated for years. Uh, Some people have lost dozens of pounds in just a, a few short weeks, although they've kind of always struggled with diet programs and never been able to break through. And, uh, you know, this is, it's really giving people, I think, an edge and helping them understand that they, like they can take control. They don't need to kind of wait for the next emergency room scare. And, you know, that, that type, that type of stuff just sort of always wakes me up out of my stupor because I'm so lucky. I, I, you know, I was able to get to this so early that I did not have the, the major consequences and I hope to avoid it in the long term. Many people are already dealing with the, the acute symptoms of metabolic breakdown. And uh, I look forward to a future where, you know, we don't have 88% metabolic unhealth in this country, where we have people who are optimizing every single day, right? They're, they're pushing for that last one or 2% of optimal. And, uh, and we've sort of eliminated chronic illness because it is so unnecessary. And, uh, you know, if we can help everyone stop flying blind, I think we'll get there. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for putting together an amazing team to create this product. And I'm just, I'm so happy and thrilled and um, feeling very blessed to be a part of it all. So thanks again for coming on. Thank you for, for helping us spread the message and for being so supportive and enthusiastic about this. I, it's, it's so important to have experts like yourself who already know how to tell the stories to, to their audience just be a part of this with us. And yeah, I'm just very grateful. Thank you for having me on, Casey on, and I look forward to many more of these in the future. Wow, right? Oh, I hope you really, really, really enjoyed today's episode. Josh is just so incredibly wonderful. And it was so great to learn from him today. Again, if you are looking to play around with a CGM, and you're really inspired by today's episode, the link to skip the line for a levels device is levels.link slash KDP. I will also include the link in the show notes if you're unsure. And if you have any questions and you're like, I don't know, is the CGM right for me? I'm not really sure. Um, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me, and I will try to get back to you, um, whether it's through another episode or just directly. I try to get back to everyone directly, especially if you're asking for help as it relates to a recommendation that I've made. Um, so again, that's healthfulpursuit.com slash contact. And I'll also include that link in the show notes if you're unsure how to spell healthful pursuit, because yes, it is complicated. Okay, next up on the podcast, Sunday, January 24th, episode 293, we have Dr. Mindy Peltz coming on the show to chat with us about whether or not we need to reset what that means and actions for women on keto. Then Sunday, January 31st, we have episode 294. My best friend, Jonathan Shane is coming on the show to chat with us about eating disorders and keto, what you need to know what you need to know. If you have an eating disorder, if you know somebody who has an eating disorder or, and (laughs) if you have a disordered relationship with food, which is basically all of us. So welcome to the club. Let's chat about our relationship with food. So that's happening on January 31st, episode 294. Can't wait to see you there. I will see you next Sunday for another episode and have a beautiful day. Bye. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.